This is a Ward Scott Files advisory. The Ward Scott Files podcast may contain material not suited for people who are easily offended. Trust us on this. This show contains adult information and opinions. Please protect small children, sensitive pets, fragile houseplants, and liberal relatives. Thank you. Uh, Warthog. He's going to come up the steps. Here he comes. Oh my goodness, and he's huge. Hello, boy. I wonder if we can pet him. Hi, boy. Can we touch him? No, don't. Help me! Help! Good morning, good morning. Professor Ward Scott here in the Warthog Man Cave trying to make some last-minute adjustments on my little machine here. Uh, if you'll hold on just a second. Uh, it is Friday. Thank goodness in Greyhound it is Friday. And uh, we're um, going to be, hopefully, I don't know if we can top yesterday's show from what I'm hearing. Um, people learned a lot, I guess. And uh, hopefully um, that that uh, is a classroom experience for you and you'll be able to uh, kind of profit from it. I've got a follow-up on that today that one of the um, research team members provided me with some documents that are pretty interesting. I'm going to pass those along to you. But good morning anyway here from the piney woods of uh, north central Florida in God's country in the Warthog Manly Command Center Man Cave in the Melvin Law Studio, 352-325-3938. And um, I want to thank you all for... Um, your rapt attention and uh, your involvement in the community. The, uh, I guess, local news of uh, significance is somehow, some way, the Deerhaven, some portion of the Deerhaven power plant caught far. Uh, <laughs> I have to wonder if it's because of all those wood chips uh, from the uh, uh, great big wood burning stove that uh, Hungarian Joe always wanted to be uh, become just a uh, big brewery. Um, the uh, wood-burning stove, uh, you know, maybe spontaneously set off a fire. I don't know. I don't really know what I'm talking about there, so I shouldn't talk about it. But evidently, Deer Heaven did catch fire. Now, that's our power source, part of it. And uh, for those who are on, uh, unfortunate enough to be on GRU, so um, there you are. There you have it. Um, I don't know if this will be reflected in your bill, but it's one more of the uh, daily kind of experiences one is subject to uh, in the city of Gainesville. Um, the um, um, uh, discussion yesterday about really comes down to transparency and good planning. And um, uh, the question is whether that is, is, is part of the uh, task force creation. So I wanna thank the, um, the uh, research team member, uh, so remain anonymous, who, sent me a link and we're going to put it up on the screen here if we can. Um, let's put up the first uh, link. I'll wait on uh, production to show it to you. It's a, uh, an interesting uh, piece of, it's an interesting document. And I want to talk about Right, right, the mission statement. So I want to thank our, uh, our really great listener and great supporter of the show for providing this uh, to us as a comparable. Uh, this is a uh, similar sort of effort, I suppose you could call it, in Central Florida, which I'm familiar with, um, Osceola County, Orange County, and uh, that area, I'm pretty familiar with that. And um, uh, this evidently is something that is a Metropolitan Bureau of Investigation. 
and I've taken a look at it. I want to share it with you and go over it with you uh, and uh, get your opinion about it. You, if you recall yesterday, we seem to have a discombobulated rollout of something that should have required uh, a lot more planning and forethought and organizational skills, all the above, even down to ability to use the English language, perhaps. Uh, so here, um, you know, this is if, if it's available to me and available through the research team, you would think it would have been available to the current uh, state attorney, Brian Kramer. I have no idea if he's even aware of this, but uh, you would think he would be. But in this Metropolitan Bureau investigation, uh, we're showing you a lot of things that are available to the public. Uh, contact information, main number, fax number, a mailing address, P.O. box, uh, a Metropolitan Bureau investigation mission statement, which is pretty succinct and well-written. The mission of MBI is to dismantle criminal organizations that impact Central Florida. Um, criminal organizations, that, that's probably the easiest way to say it. Organizations, I think, is the key word here. Organized, organized. That is to say it has its own power structure. It probably has its own invisible board of directors, if you will. It probably has its own uh, corporate structure. Uh, criminal organizations do. Uh, generally, they're not written down uh, because that would be evidence that could be used against them. So it's committed to a memory. It's committed to oral transfer of information. And uh, betrayal is dealt with very heavy handedly, usually with termination of one's life uh, because there's nothing but honesty. It's ironic. Nothing but honesty is, is valued in an invisible organization like a crime organization. Um, if, if you, it's one of the great ironies is that uh, uh, these organizations really are sort of like um, uh, shamans. Shamans recorded everything orally uh, in their Native American uh, transfer of information and legend. Um, they didn't have the written uh, language to use it because they didn't have structures that would uh, codify and, and retain it. They didn't have cities and uh, they were largely a pastoral or um, uh, nomadic. And so uh, it became important to, to transfer it from mouth to ear. But in our culture, we have repositories of information that um, have all run the gamut from museums to courthouses to um, all the above. So here we have a mission statement, and this is, uh, it focuses on crime organizations. That word caught my attention. We're not talking about, listen, is a, a gang of kids running around, is it organized? It probably is. And so it probably would come under an umbrella of organization because they are distributing, if, they, if you will, that which is imported uh, to them and brought to them. So there's a whole chain of custody. I'm going to use terms that come from the civilian legal side of the aisle and transfer them right across the aisle to the criminal or illegal side of the aisle because organizations are organizations. So if you have a chain of custody of the product, then there's a lot of trust involved in that. And it's distributed through couriers, if you will, um, merchants, if you will, uh, people who then sell the product in different quantities, uh, breaking it all the way down to the nickel package. So um, the MBI, the MBI vision, uh, vision statement is united with our community to enhance the quality of life of those who live, work, and visit Central Florida, uh, united with the community. Um, that's a tall order. 
I mean, that really is a tall order. But what I take from that is that you're going to be a, a two-way uh, conversation here. Uh, it will be a buy-in from the community. And do you, in turn, share that which you can with the community? And the community has trust in you uh, and, and, and believes and is aware of what you're doing, why you're doing it, how you're doing it, et cetera, and who's doing it in some cases. Some cases not, perhaps, for protection. But um, this is a... Uh, my point is, this is available as a model, and this was the point of the research team uh, uh, member who sent this to me. This is available as a model. Um, you know, what, 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 what's, what's the issue here? So let's, let's put the next page up, please, uh, production. Uh, it's going to be a current governing board. And when we get that up on the screen, I'll see it too. And there it is. Thank you very much. Um, really want to applaud Evan for doing this the next last couple of days. We've been working pretty hard. Uh, to get these documents in the order in which I present them to you. Um, a lot of timing involved here in communication between me and him. Um, notice I use the objective pronouns between me and him uh, because between is a preposition. Um, the, here we have the current governing board, which I took a look at when I was received this document. And I thought this was pretty interesting because it includes all those who are not included as I can see it, or what it was presented to you yesterday, we're not included in this uh, task force, so-called task force uh, that we've had formed by Kramer, who's a uh, state attorney in the 8th Judicial Circuit. This is a ninth Judicial Circuit, and it's Monique H. Worrell, who's the state attorney. Um, and then look at the things that we have included, and they're on a governing board, which means that these people are included and have to discuss. I mean, I'm on several boards. And I, I can tell you that we all ultimately are the ones who hear all the information and make the decisions and create the policies. So uh, I didn't see a governing board on the uh, uh, press release by Kramer. I didn't see it anywhere in any documents I had. And, and, and if they're out there, I, members of the research team haven't provided me with them yet. I think they probably would have. I don't see in the model here, if you want to call it a model, for uh, the structured by the eighth judicial super uh, state attorney, uh, something similar to this, because um, we know one sheriff wasn't included, and that was Watson. And I'm um, to understand that the other sheriffs aren't included, Bobby McCollum, uh, Bobby, uh, Bobby Schultz, some others around here in the eighth judicial circuit aren't included, evidently. So, and, um, um, and I'm going to reach out to them at some point and talk with them about this. But here on a current governing board, you have the Orange County Sheriff. You have the Chief of Police of Orlando. You have the Chief of Police of Winter Park. You have the Chief of Police of Apopka. Apopka used to be way out in the country, by the way, uh, but growth has overtaken and absorbed it. Um, you have the Chief of Police of, Co of Coy, the Osceola County, Osceola County Sheriff, uh, which would include Kissimmee and St. Cloud and uh, Disney, all that. That's the Osceola County Sheriff. You have the chief of police of Winter Garden, uh, which is southwest uh, of, uh, of uh, uh, Kissimmee. Uh, you have the FDLE special agent in charge. Uh, you have uh, a named and you have a major from the Florida Highway Patrol. And you have the chief of police of Kissimmee. Um, that's the current governing board. Wouldn't it be wonderful if in the rollout uh, presented by uh, Kramer, uh, this had been part of the rollout. No, what do we get? 
we get the marble mouth conversation from the investigator, PIO, I guess, slash PIO, maybe uh, uh, command chief, Barry Lloyd, uh, on, a, on, a, on a garbled presentation to an unenlightened, innocent, young um, WCJB TV reporter who doesn't know enough to uh, ask the right questions. And uh, there we go. And we're, we, that which was supposed to clear up any kind of confusion actually created enough for me to start asking some questions. So uh, I, I very much appreciate the uh, uh, member of the research team for providing this with us, uh, for us. Uh, uh, this is obviously accessible to, you would think, as I say, Kramer as well. And given the community we're in, um, geez, it, uh, it, it's... Uh, it's something that you would think as bright as Alachua County members are supposed to be, you know, Alachua County's got the university and the liar school and all this stuff. You would think there would be some kind of commiserate uh, uh, kind of commitment or present presentation. Um, but as it is, I don't believe any of these people on this governing board, if there is such a thing for the eighth judicial task force um, is a member, if there's even a governing board. Uh, we certainly know uh, a sheriff who isn't. Uh, we do know that there are a, a couple of guys, I, well, the three. Uh, well, there's an there's a, uh, interim manager, city manager of a city. Um, that's just one part of the H judicial circuit. Uh, and there's a, a, an interim police chief. Um, I don't really remember much beyond that, um, who is privy to this information. And this organization, and it somehow knows how it's going to work, and uh, already leaves uh, uh, for the rest of us to uh, ask a lot of questions. So anyway, that is a governing board for the Metropolitan Bureau investigation of the Ninth Judicial Circuit. Um, let's take the third slide, please. Um, uh, production, Evan. Uh, here's a here's a very interesting thing. Here is a a picture of the director of MBI. You know, usually. A lot of times cops don't want their picture taken. Their information is protected. That's understandable. Um, but, you know, here's the here's the director of MBI. On each one of these pages, you notice there's contact information. There's a main number. There's a fax number. There's a mailing address. Um, and this man, I took a look at his resume. Uh, I, I, I dare say uh, that Derry Lloyd's resume is not anywhere near this gentleman's resume. Um, I, I, I just, I can't see how it would be. Um, you know, if you take a look at this, he's served 29 years with the Orange County, Florida Sheriff's Office. So he knows those people. Uh, he retained the rank of major. Um, he commanded the criminal investigations division. He's been sworn and on the road. Derry Lloyd has never been any of that. None of that. Absolutely none of that. Um, the uniform patrol division, the special operations division, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Professional Standards Division. Um, and these were command assignments. So uh, the obvious part of that resume is to justify picking this director that you would assume the board of directors have signed off on uh, as their director because of his, um, his experience in commanding investigations. So um, uh, he's, had, he's also been in various ranks and has been uh, obviously involved, if you will, from the ground up. Um, I can understand those qualifications. I can understand uh, why that person would be, if I'm a member of the public and I take go to the website as we did here, 
and take a look, I can understand the logic behind this organization. And uh, furthermore, there, there's educational credentials, a master's degree in public administration. I think we've got that if we scroll that down uh, from the University of Central Florida, uh, and this kind of thing. So FBI National Academy. Uh, but here's your former director's list, which I think is also important. Uh, this tells you how long this, or, this, this organization has been in existence. So if it's been in existence this long, uh, why wouldn't Kramer know about it? And why wouldn't Kramer model his rollout after this? I mean, I, my golly, um, hey, I'm the biggest thief in the world. If I see a good idea, I'll just steal it and make it mine, wouldn't you? That's a saying we have in writing. If somebody has a good phrase, go ahead and steal it and make it yours. Um, you know, you don't borrow it, you just steal it and, and, and uh, assimilate it and present it. There's nothing wrong with this in terms of ideas and promotion and, and you know, saves your organizational uh, efforts and, and blind uh, uh, starts and, and things that are futile and um, away you go. It's just like with the single member districts. There are models all through this state of single member district governance boards. You would think that a, 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 a Lotchville County Commission in fairness, instead of rabble rousing and propagandizing and stirring up pr trouble would educate, would say here, okay, we're gonna do our part. If that's what the people want, and it's pretty evidence that people have wanted it and it, because they've squashed it twice now for over 10, 10 year increments. So, and so finally they had to go to the state legislature. Um, obviously the people want the right to at least vote on it. Um, so uh, uh, the, you know, there's models out there. Why does this county commission do the right thing and have an educational uh, presentation of what is going on here fairly and openly and, Honestly, they'll never do that. And the more they fight this thing, the less respect I have for them. I have just, I had just a small amount of respect, if any, for the members of that commission. Not because, you know, I don't know them and, you know, have coffee with them and all that, but because they just don't approach their, 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 their commitment properly. And so I'm, I'm after them for their public behavior as their sworn as, as, as to, to uh, members of the of the committee of, of the uh, uh, Lachlan County Commission, and you know, as individual people, I mean, I'd I'd go fishing with them, or I'd go, you know, I'd go off to uh, watch a, a play or something. I mean, that that doesn't that's not it. It's how bad they are when they come up to the dais and how bad they treat the public. So here we have a former directors list, uh, and I, I don't know any of these people. But um, there you are now, I, and I don't have any idea about diversity and inclusion of it. Uh, that is not the issue anyway, and hasn't evidently become an issue, but uh, this seems to be selection by merit uh, and experience. Uh, I think that's not the case with the uh, task force stumbling and bumbling creation here. I think it is all over the place about diversity and inclusion. That's another one of the ghosts in the room uh, when they formed that task force. Uh, they, they, the, if you take a look at the structure of this, you have a minority interim uh, city manager, you have a minority uh, interim police chief, you have a minority former uh, police chief who mysteriously gets moved over to some job that nobody seems to know what it's about or what he does. Uh, 
you have a GPD composition, which is um, not disclosed to us as to uh, what the uh, diversity and inclusion influence is on that. So I suspect, and of course you have generally uh, the racial makeup of the gangs that are uh, uh, increasingly dangerous in the community, up to 14 or 15% now of the activity. Um, so I suspect that the task force has one more ghost in there. Yesterday, I mentioned the ghost of, of Shannon Stevenson, uh, some of these things that I presented to you. Uh, here's another ghost. It's the race card uh, that I think is hidden in this and has a hidden agenda. Although we do have uh, a, a minority sheriff, uh, which is interesting. Um, you would have to conclude problem, and I, I'm just going to present this uh, for you to think about that. There's some sort of of uh, difference between the minority sheriff and the minority police chief, interim chief. Uh, I'll let you think about that. Okay, there must be something uh, that's going on there. So uh, here we are. I appreciate the uh, the. Um, Information has been forwarded to us uh, by a member of the research team. And uh, uh, we'll probably, I, I think probably, um, can we post that on the Ward's Hot Bulletin Board? Um, I think we'll get a high sign we can on. Yeah, we'll post that on the Ward's Hot Bulletin Board. You can take a look at it. And you can ask, why don't we have a comparable kind of organizational pattern presented to the public rather than this kind of rollout, stumbling, bumbling, where we had to go get a, uh, it, it, I suspect if uh, the sheriff had never written a protest about this, uh, we, the public never would have known about it. Uh, you never would have had, um, um, you know, Derry Bloyd come out and mumble about it. Um, I mean, I'm just I'm speculating on that. I think the sheriff's uh, inquiry into this is what brought it out. Evidently, uh, I want to cover a couple things before we get to the bottom of the hour here. Evidently, they have come up with, and I don't know whether to trust this, believe it, or I guess I should, um, a cure uh, for HIV, the HIV infection. I'm looking at this article by Betsy McKay. This one happens to be in the journal. I've also seen it elsewhere on the news outlets. Um, people are cautiously... Uh, observing this, and time has to pass to see if this is really so. Um, but apparently, uh, this woman in the New York City area uh, has been cured of an HIV infection. Now, I have uh, a very a good former friend, he's passed since, whom I've referred to several times on the show uh, as having been a research physician uh, for Merck Pharmaceutical and have been aware with and worked in the level four labs. Um, which is similar to the Wuhan lab. Um, and when I asked him, he came to my class to talk to my research class about how he does his research and what he spends his time on. He said he did not, or he would not spend his resources on researching HIV uh, because it could be cured by human behavior. Now this was um, in the nineties, if I remember correctly. So it's a while back. And back then, of course, you remember uh, that um, Arthur Ashe was, killed by HIV from a blood transfusion because at that time we didn't even know uh, what it was. And the first evidence publicly we ever saw of it was Rock Hudson. 
And um, a lot of people never even knew that Rock Hudson was a, was a homosexual. So uh, uh, I don't know if, we, is that word okay? Am I supposed to say gay? Gay's been retired from the language uh, to mean happy, I guess. But anyway, that was, that was, that was the, the surprise, you know, that Rock Hudson, we saw him, you know, in movies with Doris Day. And we thought, wow. But, um, you know, there you are. And nobody knew what was going on with Rock Hudson and whose real name was not Rock Hudson, of course. And, and uh, I can remember my, my good physician friends who were immunologists and those guys, they were befuddled. They didn't know what was going on for a long time. Uh, they didn't know what they were looking at, this virus. They didn't know what it was. And then it sort of ravaged people. I mean, it really started taking a toll. So this is back in uh, uh, probably the 80s, I guess, was it? Correct me. Some of you people tuned in um, when that was going on. Uh, now here we are. So it's taken about 40 years, if this is so, if I'm right on my numbers. Um, and you wonder how this has been done. It, it's, it's been done a way I, I have been thinking a lot of things are going to be done. And that is through... Um, stem cells. From everything I can tell, there's a lot of mysteries that will be unlocked when we really refine stem cell uh, um, medical treatment and therapy. And we've been working stem cell research for quite some time. I think that the uh, current one, the current winner from uh, GHS Cambridge program uh, is interested in uh, pursuing stem cell research, uh, which is um, you know, understandable, perhaps, that your brightest and most talented uh, high school kids would be on the cutting edge of this. And let's thank, uh, let's thank the fact that they are. So evidently, uh, she received a transplant of stem cells from an adult relative and an umbilical cord blood from a newborn to whom she wasn't related. Now, that's all over my head. I don't, I don't really I have to, I don't know how all that works. But if everything, according to the associate chief of, of infectious diseases at the hospital where this occurred in New York Presbyterian, um, says everything is looking very promising. There are a couple of things that have gone on in medicine in the last couple of times, uh, months or so. Is One, the man with the pig heart transplant is still alive, which is really amazing. Um, um, the, 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 so we have now, we have that, and much of that has been made possible by this sort of stem cell research, figuring out a way to turn off the rejection mechanisms when you have a, a not only a, somebody else's heart in you, but a, some one, another, a, an animal's heart in you, which is really kind of really amazing when you think about it. So uh, they consider right now, these doctors consider this patient's uh, HIV to be in long-term remission. Um, and they're going to, they're cautiously saying it's not really, they're not ready to call it a cure yet, but they say, you know, if it holds, um, it would mean that she has no virus able to replicate in her body. Now we do have people who have HIV who are staying healthy by keeping the virus at a very low level, uh, through long-term drug treatment. Magic Johnson is one. I'm just amazed that Magic Johnson looks as good as he does and, and has been with us from, you know, he had to retire from basketball because of HIV. So um, everything's looking very promising on that thing. Uh, it is something that is um, really, uh, I, I don't think I'll live long enough to see it, uh, but some of the rest of us uh, hopefully will. And, and uh, maybe if you have to have that kind of uh, 
treatment. It'll be available in more uh, uh, opportunities than it is or has been in the past. I'm going to have one more story, which about, I have to cover COVID, as you know. I mean, my golly, how would we not? And I'm always amused, but I'm also interested by the analysis where the writer compares COVID in liberal counties to COVID in uh, conservative counties. And if you want to find a, a columnist who does that repeatedly, it's David Leonhardt of the New York Times. This guy is fascinated with this politicalization of, of uh, COVID. And I don't know whether he reads into these documents or whether the documents really present it to him and then he reports it. I rather suspect he reads into it. I'm so skeptical about people in the news media these days. But um, uh, the, the um, um, couple of three points he makes here, and I'll throw them out there. I'm going to be controversial as soon as I say them. He says that only after the vaccines became widely available uh, that the liberals were much more willing to get the shots than the conservatives do, did. I, I don't know. I don't know. Um, and then he focuses in on the counties where Trump won by a landslide and compares them to counties where he won narrowly. And um, he says that Trump warped people's thinking uh, and therefore uh, the unvaccinated people uh, tend to die in greater. I, I, here it goes. I don't blame me. Had uh, died in greater numbers in counties where Trump won by a large margin. Now, what, when I read through this article, uh, he makes no mention of Trump's Operation Warp Speed, uh, which for which we wouldn't have the vaccine rollout if he had not done that. Um, if Trump had not done that, um, so so I'm I'm just I'm just telling you that uh, this. Uh, this is all through the culture, um, and 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 it's uh, it, it's a uh, it, it's something that you probably have heard or bumped into, or you may even have in your family. Uh, we certainly got it in my family. Um, so the uh, during the Omicron wave, which seems to be diminishing now, by the way, uh, and on the on the wane, uh, the deaths uh, uh, rose less in the red counties, and the most likely rec uh, explanation. Uh, seems to be that the number of Trump voters vulnerable uh, to severe illness had declined uh, because they, now get this, the, uh, I got to repeat this. I got to understand this myself. The Trump voters in the red counties during the Obercron wave, there were less infected Trump voters because the Trump voters were less vulnerable to Omicron because they had built up immunity from previous COVID infections, which they got because they were anti-vax. There you go. There you go. The politicalization of COVID. I, there you go. I mean, I, hey, you tell me if you think it's true. I don't know. I don't know. I'm just, I'm just telling you. What's up? What's wandering around out there on the ticker tape? We're going to take a break right now at the bottom of the word. Scott Files, we're going to post those documents about the Metropolitan uh, Crime Task Force for you to take a look at. Maybe uh, somebody will pass that along to Mr. Kramer and and I'll say, why didn't you why didn't you, why didn't you roll it out this way? I don't know. I don't have the answers. I just have questions. OK, be right back on the word. Scott Files. This is Ward Scott. And I want to thank all our sponsors who keep the show going and pay the bills. 
The Ward Scott Files premium sponsors are Crime Prevention Security Systems, large enough to serve you, small enough to care. The Ward Scott Files gold sponsors are On the Spot Dry Cleaners, Okita America Martial Arts, R&R Construction, Gators Dockside, and Style Cuts. If you are interested in promoting your business on the show, you can visit our website, www.awardscottfiles.com, and click on the Advertise Here banner on the right side of the page or call my friend Freddie at 352-284-3733. Again, thank you to all the great businesses that support the Wardscott Files. And remember, if you like the show, thank our sponsors and support the businesses that support us. If your brains were lard, you couldn't grease a small frying pan. <laughs> to call you stupid would be an insult to stupid people. Octon, octon, the papers are not in order. Step out of the line and report to the inspection station. We are going to search your belongings. Mach schnell! At Warthog. He's going to come up the steps. Here he comes. Oh my goodness, and he's huge. Hello, boy. I wonder if we can pet him. Hi, boy. Can we touch him? No, don't. Help me. Help. Help. Welcome back to Ward Scott Files. Professor Ward Scott here in the Manly Warthog Command Center in the Mellon Law Studio. Jeffrey Melton, one of our great supporters, uh, 352-325-3938, if you ever want to sideline, call me. I'm um, looking also at the comments as they come up on our Facebook page. We are not back on YouTube yet. They have put us in timeout because of um, me going over the subject I'm about to go over right now, um, which is, once again, you have to do what's in the, uh, in the, in the news, and we document and we support, and uh, we're not out here, you know, just making things up. Uh, I'm going to talk about, you know, the fact that it's emerging, as I always said it would. It would take time on the uh, dastardly behavior by Clinton uh, uh, as she spied on the chief chief uh, chief executive, um, the occupant of the White House. Now, I'm going to parse my language in a way that maybe I can avoid um, the the uh, algorithms that will hear certain words and bump us off. Uh, my good buddy, Ray Stern, I got, you listen, I don't know if we can do that. Ray, every time you post, free the beep. Uh, <laughs> I, 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 <laughs> I don't know. We'll see. We're going to see what we can do. Okay, Ray, you have been steadfastly a supporter of the show, and you want to hear the F-bomb when the guy crawls up at the top of the, <laughs> to get away from the warthog. All right. Production heard you. He's going to see what he can do. Oh, man. Oh. Besides, I don't think that you get, uh, I don't think we get uh, terminated uh, for the F-bomb. We just get terminated for the nasty word uh, about how one uh, casts his opinion in a, uh, uh, um, an election. <laughs> oh, God. The values of the country. The values, as the car salesmen say. Oh, uh, this right here is a real good value. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> and we're in an upside-down world with cars. <laughs> I mean, they are actually giving, as you know, in many instances, more money for a used car than you paid for that car when it was new. 
<laughs> oh my golly. It's it's perfectly fitting. Everything else is flip-flop. Why not do that too? Huh? But uh, you know, if you unless you've been living in a bubble, uh, you you've been aware there's a little bit of information now seeping out of John Durham's investigation into the origins of Russian gate, Russia gate, and uh, it's beginning to appear in different publications. This is by Kaylee McKee, who has written about it in the Washington Examiner. It's all over the place if you if you look. Now it's not going to be on little David Muir's breaking news. You're not going to hear it there. <laughs> That's all control. You know, Disney owns Disney. I asked my mother when she was alive. She lived about, oh, 30 minutes from Disney. And I asked mother if she wanted to go to Disney. She says, no, it's all fantasy. You know, I've never, she was great at these one-liners. Uh, she says, no, I don't want to go there. It's all fantasy. Well, you know, that's where we are right now with news. Um, where It's all fantasy. And when you think about it, I understand that ABC is owned by uh, Disney, and that's all fantasy. So why wouldn't the news be all fantasy? I mean, it, it is. I mean, people just wander around and, 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 and believe the dangest things and are entertained by the darndest things and seem to be very shallow. You almost have, you know, have to knock them in the head with a uh, – uh, ask Flannery O'Connor, the great short story writer from Milledgeville, Georgia uh, – why she was so um, strong in her characterizations in her short stories. And she said to deaf and dumb people, you had to hit them in the head with a board. I don't think she'd get away with that today, <laughs> but Flannery O'Connor didn't care. I mean, that, she, she, she was, I mean, she earned the right to say that the great short story writer of the violent bear it away and uh, everything rises. It must converge. Um, uh, you, you, you name it. It's, it's, she's got so many great short stories and collections. Wise Blood, um, um, A Good Man is Hard to Find. Oh, boy, that, she was really something. The grandmother didn't want to go to Georgia. She wanted to go to East Tennessee and visit some of her connections. And she was seizing at every chance to change Bailey's mind, her only son. And, man, what an opening to a short story. And what a great story. Uh, you really, and people don't read stories. So I think that's one of the real missing links in the great world of thinking and experience. People just don't. I, I know, I know a guy, I'm not going to use his name. He's a good friend. He's a pollster. He proudly says he's never read a drop of literature in his life. And yet he's out there taking polls and telling us what the trends are going to be in the future. I don't think it's possible to be wise without reading poetry and plays and, and, and great novels and short stories. And I just don't think, you know, you, you can't be wise. I mean, uh, it's impossible. It's impossible. So anyway, um, we're getting these court filings now. And uh, Durham has said there's evidence that technological executive one, which is known to be a former new star, uh, senior vice president, president John, worked with indicted. That's the one who indicted the Clinton campaign lawyer, Michael Sussman, to exploit Internet traffic data and access. So they had a dedicated server for the executive office of the president of the United States. And then they exploited this arrangement, Clinton's crowd, by mining of this traffic and other data for the purpose of gathering derogatory information 
about Trump. Now, uh, the same thing is going on right now with this so-called committee to investigate uh, Trump's involvement in January 6th. Biden is, by executive order, he's waived executive privilege. You know, you talk about uh, a convoluted world. There it is. So that they can see the visitor logs uh, on near and about, I guess, the day of of, uh, of this January 6th so-called insurrection. Uh, so um, these guys systematically, she hired a, an outfit that was good at doing this. Uh, they enlisted the assistance of researchers at um, um, universities that had large amounts of internet data and connection with um, government cybersecurity research contracts. I mean, this was a very sophisticated deal. They probably thought they'd never be discovered because, you know, who's going to go, go to the pr- trouble of digging all this out? And, and besides, when you got a propaganda machine to counter it, like the media, um, then even if you dig it out, it's not going to be accessible to the public. And it's going to be the same thing is going to go on here about single member districts. You're getting ready to see the Lodgeville County Commission crank up the dangest uh, propaganda machine you've ever seen. And it's going to be spearheaded and directed by the minister of propaganda, Mark Sexton. Um, who took the, the county car. You know, the funniest thing when we were on the radio, uh, we uh, this is when Mark Sexton uh, took the county car um, uh, down to Miami and had a wreck with it. And um, um, there was some uh, hue and cry to fire Mark Sexton. I actually like Mark. Uh, and we joke around with each other a lot. He's got his role. I got mine. So, uh, but anyway, my, my job is to keep him honest, I guess, but, and his job is to spin it for the County commission, but, uh, for which they pay him handsomely, but hell of a lot more than I make. I can tell you that right now. So, uh, he took the County car down to Miami and had a wreck with it. And we were, we were taking calls in. And by the way, people ask me why we don't take calls here. It's very expensive, very, very expensive to set up a call screening process and all that business. And we don't have the budget to do that. I'd like to take calls, but it's just impossible. The closest thing we've got is the 352 number, which gives me a, a text message, but it's a live voice. No, if you, if you want to donate all the money to make that happen, be my guest. We'll take it on. If you want to actually earmark something for live calls. But uh, anyway, we had a live call. And we were talking about Mark Sexton taking the county car to Miami and having a wreck with it. And uh, we used to have the recording. I forgot. I can't find the recording. I play it. But Mark begged us not to play it once we recorded it. He called up the station and asked us, please don't play it. He said, it's killing me out in the culture. But what it was, old country boy uh, called up when he heard us talking about it. And I'm going to imitate him for you as nearly as I can. And he says, is that the guy? who took the county car to Miami and ran it over the transvestite. And God, when that call came through, we cracked up. We couldn't, we couldn't stop laughing. <laughs> and we had to say, yeah, that's right. I don't know about the transvestite part, but <laughs> he did hit somebody with it. <laughs> oh, my golly. It was hilarious. And they were going to can him. But he made the, he took the position that the county manager, uh, I think it was Randy Reed, <laughs> had, had given him permission to take the county car home. Well, I mean, if you take it home, I guess you can take it to Miami. It really stretched it. It really stretched 
the, the, I guess the definition of home. Maybe Randy said for your personal use. I don't know how he said it, but if you say it for your personal use, Mark interpreted it to mean, heck, I can drive down to Miami in the county car. And by that, we mean county has, has cars all over the place, you know, and he got one. <laughs> he was assigned one and he took the thing to Miami and that old country boy, <laughs> Crash Sexton, cool, yellow, that old country boy. Is that the guy that took the county car to Miami and ran it over the transvestite? God almighty. <laughs> well, anyway, he's going to be spinning this yarn for you. And it's, be, it's going to be done in the tradition of Clinton. Uh, Clinton and the new media, have been, they've been protecting her and going after you know who uh, forever. And it's coming out now how sophisticated this was. The worst part of it, according to the Examiner article, is that our own intelligence community uh, took the Clinton campaign findings, which were either highly misleading or outright false, uh, according to the Durham investigation, and started running with them. And from them, the FBI launched an investigation into, you know, whose campaign. I can't even say his word without getting tripping the algorithm. And congressional Democrats started their own investigation. For the Remember that, how long that went on with what Rush Limbaugh used to call um, um, pencil neck uh, um, and, and, you know, and Fat Jerry and those guys. Remember how long that went on? That investigation was for the sole purpose of making uh, Trump out to be a Russian uh, stooge. Um, and, uh, and, and this is what's frustrating because people ask me all the time, do I think that those people will ever be brought to justice? No, no, no. The system doesn't find itself. The, the system doesn't bring to justice itself. Okay. It doesn't do that. And so, that, you know, Durham can come out with these real revelations, but don't hold your breath. It's going to be anything happen. Now, uh, uh, even the journal has come. You know, the journal was totally anti-Trump to start with. And now they're covering this pretty carefully. Um, they say that the filings uh, 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 on the indictment of Michael Sussman, he's a lawyer who represented the Clinton campaign while he worked for the Perkins Coy Law Firm. He's accused of lying to the FBI at a September 2016 meeting. Uh, he presented documents claiming to show secret Internet communications between the Trump organization and a Russian bank. Uh, the indictment says a suspect falsely told the FBI he was presenting this information solely as a good citizen. And when he said that, in other words, he presented himself as a whistleblower, he failed to disclose his ties to the Clinton campaign. Man, what's it, what do they call Bill Clinton? Slick Willie? Slick Willie? Now, the indictment reveals that this guy Sussman worked with Tech Executive One, which the previous writer just uh, commented on, uh, Rodney Joffe, formerly of New Star Incorporated. Uh, he used this guy, used his companies as well as his research at a U.S. university to access the university was involved. You, you wonder why DeSantis is wary of these university professors who come up there to present a one-sided testimony. These universities are all liberal. They, and here's an example. They get, they get access to internet data 
which was used to actually get a university's access to internet data was actually used to gather information about Trump that was false. And of course, who's going to be who's going to be held a lot real, uh, uh, accountable for that? Huh? Who's going to be held accountable for that? Um, the the uh, mining of this data uh, went on as early as July uh, 2016, uh, and this guy was uh, accessing uh, propriety data and using it uh, against the uh, executive office of the president of the United States. Now, these White House communications, I don't think there's any such thing anymore as uh, secure communication. I, 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 don't, I know for, you, have to take for, you, have, you have to understand that wherever you go, you're on a camera. Uh, they, might, they might not be somebody holding a cell phone, but if you're standing in a parking lot, uh, that parking lot's on a camera. If, if you're walking up into somebody's yard, that yard's on a camera. Um, everything's on a camera, except I learned something about cameras, which really upsets me. You know, there are cameras on the intersections. I get this now. There are cameras on the intersection of the streets here in Gainesville, Alachua County, that urban area, right? Have you looked up and seen them? I know somebody who was struck by a car crossing the street. When asked to see, and I got involved, and I asked a lawyer for DOT to pull that film for that moment when that individual was crossing the street so I could see if the car that struck this individual ran the red light because it was early in the morning. There wasn't anybody much around to see it. And uh, my, the lawyer got back to me and said, guess what? The lawyer said, those cameras up there on those intersections are not turned on. Okay. Boy, that blew me away. You mean to tell me that we paid all this money and listened to all this gobbledygook and we put these cameras at all these intersections and they're not on? Now I've learned, three years later, by the way, that they are on. And I'm going to check this out. But law enforcement tells the lawyers they're not on. Because they don't want to have all these lawyers bugging them every time there's something that happens with automobiles or automobiles and pedestrians or bicycles or whatever at these intersections. So they just say they're not on. If that's true, that really irks me. I got that from somebody in law enforcement. And I'm, I, got to, I got to check that out. That, that is, you, you telling me, meanwhile, oh, we're going to lower the speed limit. We're going to this and that one. How about the cameras? Well, anyway, this assumption that communications are secure is crap. There, I don't think there's any such thing as secure communications anymore. Now, the dope guys... When they talked, they used to get in a boat, go out beyond the, the three-mile limit, and sit there and talk. Well, that isn't even a safe place now because we can pick that up. 
Now, one of the loopholes in county communication is whether or not you can access text messages. And I know the state attorney's office never does anything by phone or text message because they don't want anybody to subpoena it. If they want something they think is going to be bland, they'll email it. Because they know right away it's subject to public records request. But the really heavy duty stuff, they're not going to put down on paper. Or anything that could be traced. I guess the White House got to start doing the same thing. Because what we have here, what's being revealed, is what the cynics and people who don't like Hillary the liar, I washed my mouth out with soap. I didn't say that, did I? The implication here is that she hired this firm to professionally and efficiently, and this is one phase of it, exploit for a political purpose data that people in turn used and swore to the validity of under oath. Huh? Huh? That's the world we live in, my friends. That's the world we live in. Now, these disclosures are beginning to creep out, as I said they would. Probably, I predicted a 10-year period. We're into, uh, it was started in 2016. It's, this is six years. So about another four years, we'll have more of this stuff out. Meanwhile, the media will have all this time, you know, to keep pounding away at you-know-who. Now they want him to come in and testify about his civil stuff. They're going to keep bugging the guy until they find some mud that sticks. So the questions are now, how long did the snooping last? Who all had access to what they snooped? Who approved access to White House data? Were there any moles inside the White House? I'm sure there are. Who at the FBI and the White House knew about it? And what was Clinton? Of course, she's going to have a firewall of protection and deniability. So what did she personally know? Well, she's going to have, I'm sure, plausible deniability. I mean, she's a professional at this, one would have to assume. So this now, these, these things that are coming out are well beyond the Steele dossier. Um, and these bogus claims and were fed consistently to a very gullible media. Uh, I think the journal has used an excellent adjective here. The media is very gullible. I, I can tell you right now that I am case hardened. I am not gullible. I assume that you're not telling me the truth from the beginning of your conversation with me. And then I 
release that assumption, modify that assumption as my conversation with you confirms that my assumption is flawed. I don't assume from the beginning that you're telling me the truth unless, unless you are a long and trusted friend or a long and trusted friend says to me, you are a long and trusted friend. And then I still approach warily. I don't really much believe anybody. Until I investigate what their motivation is or where they're coming from, as we say. And I welcome you to do the same with me. I just think it's healthy. Because if not, you've got the gullible media. That young lady whom I have met and have been interviewed by, who interviewed Derry Lloyd, was so gullible and so naive and so young. Bless her heart. She's a sweet person. I know her. But she didn't know what, answer, what question to ask him. The gullible media. I maybe could use that as a title, but I'm afraid that the, the, the um, algorithm would ding me for that. Uh, the conclusion is by the Dow Jones uh, editorial writers is that um, this consistent and, and well-organized and extremely deceitful spying is going to turn out to be and I always said this would be the case. It take, it'll take a while. One of the dirtiest tricks in U.S. history, political. Uh, let me see what they say. Not just political history. What do they say here? One of the dirtiest tricks Yeah, in U.S. political history. And will there be any justice? You want my opinion? It's just my opinion. No. Have a great weekend. Take a look at that uh, Metropolitan Task Force Organization chart. If you like, we're going to post it. I think it may already be posted. And um, hey, the Lady Gator basketball team won again last night. And I'm told that when they go out to LSU Sunday to play them out there, there have already been 12,000 tickets sold. What? Wow. Warthog Command Center out.